back, folks, to day 32 of the government shutdown. <laughs> we are currently waiting. Oh, wait. No, no, no. This is, uh, this is not NPR. Um, uh, folks, welcome back to Make Mine Multiversity of Marvel podcast. My name's Kevin. With me, as usual, are Nick and Jess. That was the worst intro ever, but we're getting through it. Um, Kevin, I didn't know you were also a host on NPR. I can't believe I've been listening to a lot. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I have my own like little studio. I'm coming to you live from my 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 little studio in uh in Chicago. Wow! With my fancy NPR mics, and uh, you can find me um in on the NPR One app or wherever you get your <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and your show is uh, just titled Kevin. It's just titled Kevin. Uh, we don't have very many oh, listeners, man. but it's fine. Um. In all seriousness, though, if any of our listeners are currently displaced without work because of the government shutdown, uh, we we hear you. We hate that you're suffering. If there's anything that the three of us can do for you, whether, you know, send you some free comics I've or got like comics, I'll send anybody some comics. I got plenty or, of <laughs> or beer money or something, you know, whatever. Let us know. We, we can definitely reach out and do that. Well, folks, we are a Marvel podcast focusing on all things Marvel, and we are coming to you with our episode for January of 2019, our first episode of the new year. Uh, If you're coming to us from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, take a moment, subscribe, rate, and review us. We would love to to see that. We got to currently have a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We have a fan. We have a fan. I'm so excited. (laughs) Not not saying that fan's not my sister, but... (laughs) Uh, we got five stars, baby. We worked real hard for that. Uh, if you're coming to us from multiversitycomics.com, make sure to check out all of the other great content on that website. If you haven't heard of Multiversity, what are you waiting for? Pause the podcast, head on over to multiversitycomics.com, your home for all sorts of news, reviews, other podcasts, and other sorts of comic and entertainment and news and such things. It's a wonderful place. And okay, now we're going to do other things. Um, cool. So for this first part of the episode, as per usual, we're going to be talking about all of the uh, biggest news from the last month. Kicking off things, we're going to be talking about the trailer from Spider-Man Far From Home that came out. Uh, Nick, yes? Yeah. So uh, really quick, I just want to uh, let everyone know that I usually don't have much to say when it comes to news. Um, so I have a new idea. Uh, Kevin and Jess don't know what it is yet. So this is a live reveal. Um, yeah. So instead of just, you know, going into the news and being like, Hmm, yep. Don't have much to say about that. Uh, I'm actually going to just say a random catchphrase, uh, that I have pulled from the internet. Uh, some of them are from sitcoms. Some of them are from, uh, some of them are from like drama. Some of them are from, uh, like, products it's just it's just a grab bag and they're completely random i will just do them in the order that i have them and yeah i'll only do it if i don't have anything to say about something which is going to be most things and that's it that's all i got for you wow well um nick nick is fine and i love this yep all right Nick is fancy and fancy and fancy free. So, Nick, we're going to turn it over to you, though. We're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Do you have any thoughts about the new Spider-Man trailer? I actually do. 
Damn it. What the uh, hell? Unfortunate. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of news. So, you can't just drop this reveal on our listeners and then not make follow them, up on it. Make them wait. It's, pump them up. It's like every show on Netflix right now. Uh, my worst nightmare. I'm sorry. Um, I have become that which I hate. So anyway. Uh, we all do it. It's okay. I liked that trailer because I like this Spider-Man. It's one of the few um, Marvel movies that I actually really loved um like the original one homecoming and when i was watching this trailer i got kind of the feeling of like sequel that you didn't really need um you know like all of a sudden they're traveling around the world and they didn't necessarily need to be um but at the same time i feel like it's gonna provide some extra like fun things to do i just get like Spice Girls movie vibes, or like Lizzie McGuire movie, Spice or like the Cheetah Girls when they go to Spain or whatever it is. Yeah, that was the sequel. But um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is the yeah. Best like podcast. I feel like this is really common in like sequels or movies based on TV shows. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch Down Under. Oh um, man! Oh, you just listing classics. You just you just listing classics here. <laughs> but this is. Yeah, it's a common thing. And those movies, like, sorry to say, don't turn out very great very often. But I'm looking forward to this one because it's mostly the same, like, cast and crew. And, um, yeah, I I believe in them. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good time. Believe it. Um, Jess, what are your thoughts on, on Spider-Man Far From Home? It and looks things? really cute. It looks like it's going to be a fun time. I'm all I'm 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 more interested in like so the movie looks good but I think that I've become so detached from like the MCU fandom that I have fun kind of watching everyone lose their shit over like the littlest things like there's a lot of people that are kind of going crazy over the fact that this supposedly takes place after Endgame and then there's yep. also the amazing Mysterio discourse that's happening thanks to Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Oh, what is the Mysterio discourse? Oh, I knew people uh, were so, mad about. Oh no, because Venom is everyone's boyfriend now. Uh, right. Dylan Hall as Mysterio is now everyone's daddy. So oh. that's where we're at. Yes, I'm very in tune with the internet. Like I, I know what the internet is talking about, and right now they're talking about how Jake Gyllenhaal in that Mysterio costume is daddy. <laughs> All right. I mean, so that that's where we're at. That's those are two discussions that are happening. So I see it. I, mean, I can see it. I'm, I'm into Mysterio only because they gave him the fishbowl helmet, which mm-hmm. which is what I need. So as far as the movie goes, I'm into it. It looks like it's going to be a fun time. Yeah. I need him to keep the helmet on the whole time. Really is. And, well, look, there's a certain part of the internet that is not <laughs> going to be into that. So. <laughs> so. That's fair. <laughs> that makes sense. Um. Yeah, I did. So I did know about the the people that are losing their minds about whether or not this takes place after Endgame, uh, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit just because I think it's it's kind of interesting and kind of funny. Um, but overall, yeah, I think I'm with you with the both of you. Like this, the trailer looks really fun. I love Tom Holland as Spider Man. I think he's a wonderful Spider Man. Uh, I think it's it's funny seeing people flip shit about young Aunt May. Um, oh, I have so many opinions about young Aunt May. <laughs> I'm gonna plug my own article I wrote about young Aunt May. Like mm-hmm. when oh, yeah. came out. I am very pro young Aunt May, so you should read that article. It's 
good. V, v pro young Aunt May. I am, yeah. yeah. Tom Holland <laughs> is also at the age now where like he really doesn't look like a high schooler, mm-hmm. high schooler anymore. <laughs> so no. I was wondering if they like, how many more of these movies can they make? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when's he going to go to college? All that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also think like, and it, and this like definitely feels like it's kind of following up on the, uh, this feels like Bendis' ultimate Spider-Man vibes. Cause I think there is like an arc where Fury like recruits Peter to do child soldier things <laughs> in another country. Um, so that's cool. And I think it's cool that Mysterio looks like Mysterio looks like in the comics. So like, that's, seems like it'll be fun. Um, yeah. Like I, I don't really have anything bad to say about this. Like, I think it's going to be a fun, a fun film. I'm excited that Peter and Zen- and Zendaya are going to be doing things like that's cool. Zendaya's good. Greatest Showman's a good movie. Um, that's all I got, really. Other than the people being mad about whether or not this takes place after Endgame. So, oh man, they are really people are really losing it over that. <laughs> they are. They, they are. are. <laughs> yeah. So for for those of you that that have not been on the Twitters or are not as attuned to the internet as as, as our good friend Jess is. Yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> people are mad because this film looks like it picks up on, you know, it comes out after Endgame happens and spoiler alert for those that haven't seen infinity war, though. I don't know how you can be a human in the year of our Lord 2019 and not have at least seen the spoilers from the internet interwebs. Uh, Peter is one of the people that gets Thanos snapped and they're like, Peter's back in this movie. And so that means that he's not dead at the end of an end game. And like, there's no stakes in end game anymore because like, they're all going to come back. That's and I'm just like, yeah, great, that's the whole point. That's a great impersonation of every. YouTube yeah. Person. That's my, that's my, the internet in 2019 impression. <laughs> yep. There was some sort of quality about it, which like I didn't realize existed, but it like you you got right there. You got Thank it. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I will take my my Academy Award. <laughs> um, yeah. So Nick, just do y'all have any thoughts about the angry internet internets interwebs? Internet gonna internet. It, gonna yeah, I, I mean, I, I pretty much just disengaged myself from like a lot of like the MCU people because they kind mm-hmm. of seem intense. So <laughs> I think that's, that's for the best. Okay. Okay. Well, do y'all have any other far from home thoughts? Nope. Cool. Other than being far from home <laughs> and things. Yeah. Movies out sometime in July. I couldn't be bothered to look up the release date. Sometime y'all are on your own. In the summer. Yeah. In the middle of the summer sometimes. Cool. Uh, well, so moving right along, uh, Marvel's April 2019 solicits came out this last week, and they also started announcing the all the different tie-ins that are going to be taking place when War of the Realms begins in the spring in April. So first off, they announced a War of the Realms Journey into Mystery five-issue miniseries written, this is kind of cool, written by the Macklemores, written by the Macklemores, <laughs> one of the Mac, what it is, what it does, what it is, what it is, look for the better way, get better, but it's like, get into the internet, anyway. Um, so like Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, or like Macklemore and his brother? No, just Macklemore by himself. Okay. That's um, the guy who no. looks like Ron Weasley, right? Does he? Uh, does? I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what these people look like anymore. <laughs> Uh, he looks like Eminem. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a 2019 version. Uh, but 20, like, 2015. Yeah. Oh, 2015. 2015. When did How? when did Thrift Shop come yeah, out? Yeah, I feel like that was like 2012. 
Oh my god. I wasn't even <laughs> old then. Where was I? 2010? Oh no. <laughs> okay, whatever. All right. Written by the McElroys. Uh, so podcast uh, brothers and their dad extraordinaires hosts of the Adventure Zone podcast as well as uh, my brother, my brother and me and numerous others. Uh, so Clint Griffin, Justin and Travis McElroy. Uh, they also published their first graphic novel with First Second this last year and have another one coming out this summer based on their podcast, The Adventure Zone. Um, so written by them, the four of them and then illustrated by Andre Lima Arajo with covers by Bolerio Skeedy. So this is going to be a story starring Miles Morales and Kate Bishop, Sebastian Druid, uh, Deathlocket, Thori the Hellhound, and Balder the Brave as they're apparently saving Thor's new baby sister because there's more to the family. Um, so that's happening. We're also getting the obligatory three-issue anthology comic, War of the Realms War Scrolls. Uh, that's going to have a Jason Aaron, Andre Sorrentino Daredevil story because he's having Heimdall powers for this event. And then also Chick- Chip Zdarsky and Joe Quinones are reteaming for a Howard the Duck story set in the midst of the war with some other things happening. There's a Punisher three-issue series with Jerry Duggan and Marcella Ferreira. Uncanny three-issue mini written by Matthew Rosenberg, illustrated by Perry Perez, starring Danny Moonstar and some other people's. Um, Avengers is tying in as Guardians of the Galaxy is tying in. Venom is tying in, not written by Donny Cates, but this time written by Colin Bunn and illustrated by Ivan Coelho and Coelho, probably Coelho. Uh, and then Cates and Stegman will be back after the crossover finishes. And then Squirrel Girl is tying into the event for Squirrel Girl's first time stepping into a company-wide crossover event thing. Um, so that's a lot of things, probably with more to come as the event ramps up. Uh, what do y'all think about all these series? Do you have any interests in any of these tie-ins or anything? Uh, Jess, we'll, we'll start with you. What are your sort of initial thoughts and things? I don't really know. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I really want to get, I don't know if I have the brain space right now to get invested in something like that. Um, only cause I've been sick. So I don't know <laughs> if I've got it. in me. I don't know if I can do it. Your, your war, your realm down war of the realm down already. I am realmed out. I'm pretty realmed out. Hitting up that. I mean, I don't know if it's, I, I mean, I don't know if it's not going to be good. I just don't know if I got it in me to read all that. Sure. Are there, is there any one of those that like jump down at you or you think like, oh, that could be interesting or not interesting or who cares or. I'd, I'd probably read the squirrel girl tie in. Okay. Is that a book that you read regularly or semi-regularly? I read it in trade. Okay. Okay. And I think it's a blast. So I'd probably, if that's like in the trade, I'd probably read it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Nick, what about, what about you? I almost used a catchphrase, but I do have something to say about Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Squirrel Girl. Nick, you can't tease our um, listeners like that. Hey, soon. Um, so Squirrel Girl, I think it's funny that they waited until issue 51 of the series to be like, okay, now you can cross over. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like you've done 50 issues. Like come, come join us now. You've, you've, you've gone over the hump. Now it's all downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think my only thought with all of this stuff is um one it's like marvel's kept their promise they waited 18 months for a like line-wide um event even though they've had a number of mini events and a number of like events contained within titles in that time period they haven't really had events that have had um or that have been you know 
uh, like tying into already established books. They've had a lot of uh, events that have like had their own short mini things going on or whatever else. So say about that what you will. Um, I'm also with like all these announcements, I'm surprised um, how much of this that Aaron, that Jason Aaron is doing outside of just writing like the main war of the realms book. Like he's writing stuff in the, in the war stories anthology. He's still writing the Avengers tie in stuff. Um, and I think that's sort of interesting just cause I think usually whoever's the person who's doing the event usually doesn't have to have as much responsibility in the weeds with everything else. Um, so maybe some of these tie-ins won't suck. Um, and I also just think it's kind of interesting that the McElroy's are doing a mini because Marvel's continuing this, uh, this, uh, pattern of bringing people in from other mediums to do things. That's all I got. Had they uh, written anything for Marvel before? No, they had written anything for Marvel. The dad, Clint, had written um, some Green Hornet, Hornet stuff from Dynamite before. Um, okay. But and 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 then their first like comic work thing was when they did the the Adventure Zone, the the Here There Be Goblins, which came out back mm-hmm. in the summer. And I got to interview um, Justin at C two E two last last year. Um, so oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they're like, I mean. Mm-hmm super nerd people and stuff. I think this is going to be a more, probably a more comical like tie-in rather than like a serious tie-in. But I think for the people that are like fans of theirs, it'll sell really, really well. And they have a lot of them because their graphic novel debuted like number one on the New York times thing. It made like definitely the top five. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure of our like top OG. Oh, it did. Yeah. List. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. Forgot yeah. number that. Yep. They are such a pop culture blind spot for me. Like mm-hmm. I really need to like, mm-hmm. get into what they do because everyone loves them and I don't know anything about them. Yeah. Like every time I see something like when they when this got announced, like everyone in my feed was losing their shit. They were like, "Oh my god, McElroy's are doing a Marvel book." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've never been like a D&D or like any sort of sor- sword and sorcery yeah. type stuff. I've never been that sort of guy. <laughs> so yeah, I have nothing, like no idea who they are or what they do. Like I, I know the basics, mm-hmm. but I, I've never actually tried it out. Yeah, yeah. So they so they started out doing um, this podcast called My Brother and My Brother, My Brother, My Brother and Me. So like the three brothers and their dad did some stuff. Um, they just like answered questions from Yahoo answers like really hilariously. <laughs> that's, that's good. I, they're, oh, really, man, I feel, they're really funny. That's a uh, lot of time back in the day on Yahoo answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that just kind of, as like the podcast boom started to happen or whatever else. Um, I think like they got picked up by the like maximum fun network and then they just have put out a number of other stuff since then. And I think the adventure zone is their probably their most popular one. And that's, yeah, that's just them teaching their dad how to play D and D and like doing D and long D and D campaigns. And apparently like they were uh, like, cause I haven't listened to very much of the adventure zone. I've listened to the first few episodes, but apparently like it gets like really, really good. Like they're like, I end up actually telling like really good stories while they're doing this or whatever. At least that's what people have told me. So I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. I think that, that is one of these that I am interested in checking out. So Yeah. All right, moving right along. Uh, announced just recently this week, there is a new Marvel team-up ongoing coming out. 
Uh, and we have the details for the first three issue arc of it. So it's going to be written by Eve Ewing of Ironheart fame and then illustrated by Joey Vasquez. So this first arc is going to star Miss Marvel and Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man teaming up after there's like a science experiment at Empire State University that goes awry. Um, so yeah, uh, Nick, we'll go with you. What are your thoughts about about Marvel team out coming back, about Ewing or Vasquez or anything? Bazinga. Bazinga. Okay. <laughs> there it is, folks. <laughs> the super endearing oh, Nick Palmieri. Oh, shit. <laughs> Lose your fucking minds, oh, all of you. Oh. Boom. Oh, my God. Cool. All right. Jess, do you have any thoughts on Marvel team up? Um, I, I don't have any complicated thoughts on it. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool that Eve Ewing has got another book coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, and a good team up is always fun. Yeah. 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 Like this is probably not a book that I'll keep reading after she exits the thing, but I think, yeah, like Miss Marvel and, and Peter teaming up is cool. That's cool. It's also, it got, uh, she announced it on her Twitter page this week, but she has a, a five page story and uh, G. Willow Wilson's last issue of Miss Marvel, Eve Ewing does. Um, I think also with Vasquez, I think with Vasquez too, uh, doing the art on that because it's like, I think it's going to be similar to the to the fiftieth issue that Wilson did, where it's like Wilson's telling a big story, and then there's going to be some breaks where like Eve Ewing and Saladin Ahmed and some other people are telling five five page story things. Um, and I also think it's cool that yeah, like you said, Jess, that she's getting more work at Marvel's. Um, yeah, that's yeah, all I got. That's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try out the first issue. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it on the show. We'll see. Um, okay, cool. A few more things. Only a few more things. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of already think I know what Nick's going to do for this one, too. Okay. Um, so Marvel announced Marvel and Rob Liefeld. St. <laughs> Liefeld announced a six-issue bi-weekly series beginning in April called Major X, which is going to be written by Rob Liefeld, and then at least the first first issue illustrated by Liefeld with other issues illustrated by Willis Portacio uh, and Brent Peoples. So this is a new character that Liefeld has created um, that hails from a different dimension, called the existence of course yes um and major x tries to come to the main marvel universe to do some saving the day shit and then ends up in the 90s and then has to work his way to the present i think he like meets cable and some stuff of course he does Um, of course he does so so jess we'll go we'll go with you first (laughs) um what are your thoughts about major x I feel like over the last few years, there's been this weird Rob Liefeld apologist thing going on where like people are like, oh, he's not that bad. And I'm like, no, actually he is. It's too so late to apologize. <laughs> we it's were like, late. oh. <laughs> I have seen people whose opinion I really take to heart be like, oh yeah, but he was so important in the 90s. Yes. Being important in a very specific era and being good are completely different things. Um, yeah, I am not a Rob Liefeld fan. 
at all. Uh, anything that ever happened with any characters he created was done with other people, not by him. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely, absolutely not at all interested in this. <laughs> That's <Great>. my opinion. <laughs> love it. Love it. Nick? Why so serious? <laughs> <laughs> these, oh are the, these are the questions God. that's the question we should be asking it's true it's true it's true um but just I, I agree like what you said about being important in an era versus being good <laughs> especially today yeah he's he's not he's not I, I was behind him on an escalator in at New York Comic Con gosh fun fact and I was like, should I do or say something? And I was like, nah. Oh. <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah. And that's my story. Yeah. I was born in the 90s. That doesn't mean I'm good or important. So. <laughs> oh, that's a good self <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. All of those, the yes to everything that has been said. I saw this and I was just like, I don't understand why this exists. And I don't understand why Liefeld would want to come back to Marvel. Why any of those image people would want to come back to Marvel after they like left on purpose. Um, and like, they don't need this. He doesn't need this. So I don't know, but he's been doing it cause he did those couple of Deadpool graphic novel things, I guess. So maybe this is just in, in that vein or whatever. Who knows? Okay. Well, we're moving on again. Um, so Marvel also announced a new Thanos five-issue miniseries that's going to begin in April, uh, written by Teeny Howard, her second sort of miniseries that she's going to do at Marvel uh, after the uh, Conan stuff that we talked about last month and then illustrated by Ariel Olivetti. Uh, so it's going to be exploring the beginning of Thanos' and Gamora's relationship because Thanos killed a bunch of people and then adopted her and stuff's. Um, Thanos is currently dead in the comic stuff right now following Infinity Wars. So it, so this is not like a, I mean, it's taking place in the past, whatever stuff. And we're going to be learning more about like Morris childhood and things. It also kind of seems like it's an end game sort of lead in since end game comes out in April. It's got Thanos. People can flock to the stores and see, Oh, there's a Thanos. Number one. I can pick that up. Oh, Gamora's on the cover and she was a kid in the infinity war movie. <laughs> Um, I don't know. That's what I got. Oh, she's, Ooh, dead. she's dead. I don't know. Oh, wait, it's reversed because Thanos is dead. Ah, whatever. Anyway. All right. Um, Nick, Thanos thoughts. Go. I'm going to have a panic attack. <laughs> How are you really? Tell me more about that. Um, so that was actually one of the phrases. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> because what is that I, I looked up catchphrases, catchphrases? and wait, it one of the first results was like phrases you should never say to someone who is uh, suffering f with mental illness. And I was like, it would probably be a bad idea to have one of these on my list. So I did it. Hey. And that's my story. And that's your story. That's your story. And you're sticking to it. <laughs> that's my story. Oh, that's my story. What? I think that's a country song, right? That's my story. And I'm mm, you're the one from Texas. I am from the South, folks. <laughs> Get the fuck over it. Anyway, uh, I'm wearing my jean jacket right now. I really feel like I'm from Texas. There you go. Yeah, that's all I got. I'm in a t-shirt and shorts during the winter, and I have never been more Florida. It snowed eight inches this weekend in Chicago. 
or less than that. I don't know. It looked like a lot of yesterday. So it dropped below the sixties the other day, and I was freezing. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jess, you you chat with Teeny Howard on the internet interwebs a lot. I do. I love Teeny. She's the best. Yeah. What do you think about Thanos things? I I wasn't going to be interested in it until it was like about him and Gamora because I I really do find that relationship interesting. So. Yeah, no, I like I didn't read the Thanos series. Like I, I didn't care about that. But like this this seems really interesting. I think I could get into this. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be I so I think yeah, the the angle is really interesting. It's fun that it's kind of set in the past. Um I really really like Euthanauts. Like I think that Teeny Howard tackling death and things. I'm I'm all in that for. I'm all in for that. What however you say that phrase yada yada um yeah i think this could be a lot of fun so i'm excited and i'm excited that she's getting more work at a lot of other publishers so okay our last bit of news man we we flipped through the news really quickly when nick's over here just doing catchphrases oh man it's good it's a good time um last but not least or maybe last and especially least uh marvel has announced a another five issue mir- miniseries kind of in the same vein of celebrating their 80th anniversary uh called symbiote spider-man uh which is also beginning in april it's written by peter david illustrated by greg land it's a <laughs> jess is laughing um telling an all-new story from the 80s when spider-man was in his uh fancy black suit that ends up becoming venom before we knew that it was venom and he's fighting mysterio because fun fact casey skipped ahead to this part of the podcast marvel's got a movie coming out in july that's starring uh daddy mysterio i had no idea exactly um so killing two birds with one stone here movie tie-in and also 80th anniversary things so nick what are your thoughts the truth is out there that's a good one. I I support that one. <laughs> <laughs> these seemed these seemed well timed. Um, no, good, good. Completely in order of the list. <laughs> I don't know if I believe you, but we can. I can send can... you the list. No, that'll ruin it. That'll ruin. That'll ruin it. That'll ruin. <laughs> that'll ruin the joke. We'll ruin the mystery. Anyway, the Mysterio. Even anyway, uh, Jess, what do you think about uh, symbiote Spider Man and such? Greg Land is a terrible artist, and I will not look at any book he draws. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, folks, that's-, that's all the news from January 2019. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in part two of the podcast to be covering some of Marvel's uh, biggest books for the month of January. So stay tuned for that. Hello, my name is Alice W. Castle, and I host Force Ghost Coast to Coast on the Multiverse A Podcast Network. Each episode, we discuss all the news from the galaxy far, far away, from movies to comics to novels to TV to games and everything in between. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Come join us next time, and may the Force be with you. And we're back. For the second part of the episode, we're going to be looking at four of... Uh, the debuts that Marvel launched in the month of January 2019. Uh, January was sort of a, a, a month of beginnings, I guess, a lot of beginnings for Marvel as they start this new year and as they start this 
year of of their 80th anniversary or the 80th anniversary of, of timely comics so the thing that would become marvel eventually uh so they launched uh the new conan books since i now have the conan properties they ended the uncanny x-men disassembled uh 10 issue arc and next week the uh, age of x-men begins which we may talk about come february uh invaders got a new number one champions got a new number one Marvel launched the Man Without Fear five-issue weekly series in prep for, uh, or in transition, I guess, between Charles Soule's run and Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto's run that begins in February. They started their 80th anniversary one-shots, bringing back titles like Crypt of Shadows, and then they also are bringing back Marvel Comics Presents for the month of, or for the year, for the year of 2019. Jesus. Um, And the Marvel Knights 20th anniversary miniseries ended and Doctor Strange celebrated its 400th anniversary. So that's a lot of content all right there. But what we're going to be talking about uh, tonight, today, this morning, whenever it is that you're listening to this, uh, is the relaunched Captain Marvel book, the relaunched Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man book, the relaunched Black Widow book, and then we'll finish with the newly relaunched Guardians of the Galaxy book. So we're going to kick off with Captain Marvel. Uh, this first issue written by Kelly Thompson uh, illustrated by Carmen Carnero and co- colored by Tamara Von Villain. So we'll start with Jess because Jess is the resident sort of Captain Marvel lover extraordinaire. Love Marvel. <laughs> she loves the Captain Marvel. Do. Um, she does. <laughs> uh, Jess, what did you think about uh, this new number one, this kickoff of Thompson's run and so on and so forth? I actually really liked it. Like, I think this might have been my favorite book of the four that we're going to talk about, honestly. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I think the concept is really good. Um, you know, Carol's back on Earth, and she's she's going to be in charge of the Avengers, at least in theory, <laughs> until we get to the end of the issue. Um, she's, she's back to hanging out with her girl, Jessica Drew, and it's good. It, it, I think it's a good first issue for anybody who hasn't read a Captain Marvel comic before. But I think there's still some lingering questions you might have. But I think it's like enough. I think um, Kelly Thompson, uh, the way she writes Carol is like how everyone should write Carol. I think she's kind of grumpy and kind of rough around the edges, but like she's a great hero. And people know that. And I really like that that's emphasized a lot. With, with like how Tony Stark interacts with her. Um, how everyone interacts with her. I love that. I, I really like this issue. I think it was a very strong uh, first outing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I, like, I definitely agree. Like the this feels like a book that somebody who's never read a Captain Marvel book before like could pick up and they could get uh, they could get everything um which i think is like a really a really good a really good win for it like you get her her friendship with jessica drew you get like the fact that she's mixed up with avengers stuff you get the fact that like her and roadie are into each other and that she's yeah and that she's like kind of grumpy but she's really powerful and kicks ass and stuff um i i like like i liked the issue a lot i thought it was i thought it was like super wordy and uh i don't think that it like I don't think that it benefited from being like an extra long um, book. I guess like that was, that was kind of my opinion, like the middle parts where she's doing stuff with like Tony, I f- feel like we're, 
there's like it felt really really slow but that might that might be me i don't know that's mm-hmm. kind of a kelly thompson thing though that's yeah, that's something that, I was that, just talk about that yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Nick. That's just, that's just, that always stands out to me. It's like, I know, like, when people mm-hmm. do, when I do read reviews of Kelly Thompson books, that's always something that comes up is like kind of mm-hmm. wordy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when I started the book, I was like, ah, like all the stuff that I love when Kelly Thompson does. And then by the end of the book, I was like, uh, all the stuff that I don't like what Kelly Thompson does. Um, so over the last few months, I've like, as I've been exposed to more and more of her work, like, and I think this is the case with most people with most creators uh you start to realize like their tendencies as a writer and um i've realized more and more the things that i don't like and so first off the good uh like just said i think the characterization is really nice and that's what i loved in the beginning like you just immediately get like something that's really like nice and personal and like that characterization but then as the issue goes on and i think this is a problem with Kelly Thompson's writing, like when she does long form stuff as the series goes on. Uh, and I felt this about her West coast Avengers. It just gets more and more just banter for the sake of banter. And that's where a lot of the wordiness comes from too. Um, some of it is like trying to give exposition, but a lot of it is just banter uh, that doesn't need to be there. And I think that sort of takes away from the issue. I also have sort of a, a problem a lot of the ways or a lot of the time with the way that she uh, uses villains um, because I feel like a lot of the time it's just an excuse for the characters to like fight more and to have more banter um, and then the villains just don't really mean anything else like otherwise so in the very end of the issue all of a sudden they're just transported to this completely new place it just felt like it was going to be more of a throwaway story Whereas in the very, very beginning, it felt like really strong uh, character based, which is the type of stories that I like. And like with Thompson, like I said, I I totally fell off of uh, West Coast Avengers. Did I say Young Avengers? <laughs> no, I think oh. you said. Okay, yeah. The, but the, the, young, the young West Coast Avengers? Young yeah, West exactly. Coast Avengers. <laughs> the, spry, the spry West Coast Avengers. They are all young. Um, but yeah, I, I fell off of that book. Um, but my, I think my favorite thing that she has written um like my favorite thing my favorite work of her as a writer was her nancy drew series if you guys have read that mm-hmm. and i have that was I have. yeah so that was it had a lot of the same like wordiness tendencies where she'll just like fill up like an entire page with word balloons but at the same time it was all very character based um and it was very grounded and down to earth and i'm not saying that captain marvel has to be like that uh and it seems like she was like that for a while um, I just haven't kept up with her stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the direction that the book seems to be going. Well, that's, so that's interesting. Cause I think that like the, the end of this book was like, was, was really, really interesting. And I'm kind of, I, and also it was spoiled by the solicits, um, which I guess I just need to stop reading those. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't read solicits anymore. I get excited about reading solicits. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I think I think the the end of this book is is really interesting, and I am actually really I guess fascinated by what it is that's happening. I feel like the the middle stuff with um like with Tony, and then yeah, like Nick, like the sort of um just like obligatory fight scene at the end. Like I was like I wish that we could have skipped from the beginning to this to whatever this is at the end. And I also kind of had some hangups, and I think that it it's it's similar to the 
again, to some of the stuff that I've, I guess that I've said, um, like when Marvel's been doing all these fresh start number ones recently, it's like they're, they're new, they're new reader friendly. They're introducing all these things to you. And then at the same time, um, it's like this weird sort of like blank slate and these like long issues that seem more designed, I guess for like for, for an everyone. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm, I, cause I had, I had these like hangups with like, with the fantastic four issue and with the Tony Stark one. And then with like the first bits of Aaron's Avengers run, uh, all that, that's gotten a lot better where it feels like they're the, the writers are being hamstrung to do these sort of introductory arcs and things that inter- that completely introduce the character for somebody you know, com- like completely new and completely different, which is a wonderful thing, I guess, if they think that these books are going to get in the hands of people that have never read comics before. Um, but they just it kind of, it just feels off. Like the first issues have felt off in some ways to me. And it was kind of weird too, because she's doing all this stuff where she's like getting ready to join the Avengers again. And for the past, like since last May, like she's been a part of the Avengers and, and Jason Aaron's run. Like that's been a, that's been a pivotal thing. And so I'm wondering where this like book is sort of taking place because those are also questions that I am, I'm wondering about. Like it would have been fine if there was a, an editor box at the beginning when she sits down with Stark that says editors note, this takes place around the time of like Avengers one or like a little bit after Avengers one or whatever or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But it was a nice book to look at. Yes. And especially colors, just mm-hmm. everything that she touches is beautiful. Yeah, I don't yeah. have oh yeah much to say about that. It just she's a really great colorist and good at giving a lot of personality to each individual scene in a way that just doesn't look like any other coloring that Marvel is doing. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely I did want to say that. Like I I've, I've read some of like Carmen Carneiro's other stuff because she she had a couple of issues of X Men Red. And then she did a lot of the like DC comics, like bombshell stuff that Marguerite mm-hmm. Bennett was writing. Um, and this is the best that I've ever seen Carnero's art. And that might just be, that might be because she's, you know, growing as an artist and all that stuff. But I definitely think a lot of it is, is Tamara Bond villains caroling. Cause this book is, this book is very beautiful. What do you think? Jess? Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you guys just said. Um, yeah. I, I, I think, this, this is the best uh, art she's done so far. Um, and I mean, I have Tamara Bonville, and to me, is like the best colorist in the business right now. So, bold statement, but she's the best. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. fair enough. Fair enough. Is this a book either, either you think y'all, y'all keep on after this first issue? Nick, you said you weren't super no. excited about the direction. You don't no, think you'll I really I don't think that it's going to go in the direction that I'm going to like. But if like if it turns out to be one of those books that everybody is raving about, I'll check out the first arc. Mm. Jess, what about what about you? What are you thinking? Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep reading it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna keep reading it. Cool. Yeah, I think I think I'm excited about where it's going. Like, it really feels like, and I think that we might I might. I don't know if I'll feel this way when, when we get issue two and I get to sit down and reissue two, but it feels like the end of this is the story that Thompson wants to be telling. Like she wants to be telling the story about uh, Carol doing post-apocalyptic things and like going to a random alternate universe for no reason. 
for fun or for fun for vacation. I don't, I don't know. Spring break. Fine. Spring break. Yeah. Yeah. In the winter. Um, like, or I don't like, she wants to be like, this is like the kind of, like the kind of arc or the kind of thing. Like, like a lot of this was just like set up. And a lot of this was for, was for people who've never touched this character before who might be starting to pick up a Captain Marvel book because there's a movie coming out in three months or in two months or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it seems like this, like this, this is, things are going to pick up an issue too. And it's going to be the thing that Thompson maybe wanted to be doing more. And I'm excited about that. Okay. That makes sense. It seemed like a lot of the stuff in the middle of this might have been like editorially mandated of we have to reintroduce people to this character. Mm-hmm. And do in you a, think in a very specific way. Do you think Hazmat was originally part of Kelly Thompson's plans? No. Uh I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Cuz she well, cuz she's one of the characters in the last page in this alternate universe. Mm-hmm. She's in the back in the yellow. But like it's weird to me that you would introduce this character who isn't really well known and like do this whole introduction and then all of a sudden next issue we're going to get an alternate version of her. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. that's kind of weird to me. Well, and I think this so this is an interesting thing too cuz I think Marvel's been um going back and when we talked about the I mean like briefly went over this and the like the the book that the McElroys are doing the time to uh, War of the Realms like I think one of the characters in there is one of the like in Avengers Arena or Avengers Academy kids or whatever like i think they've been starting to to try to get some of those younger heroes and sort of like rehabilitate them like a lot of them and a lot of them are appearing in in, in the new relaunch champions book that zub's doing because that cast of that book has grown okay. like marvel's starting to resurrect some of their teen heroes and i don't know if that means that they're trying to put out like another young avengers book or that they're just trying to have like a bigger um roster of, of teenage like of teenage characters because they realize mm-hmm. that teens like to read about other teens or young adults like to read about teens or whatever um but i'm saying that's a trend yeah that's interesting and that means that it is definitely editorially mandated um yeah because at first i thought like maybe thompson has specific plans for like them two together but Mm -hmm. (laughs) probably not no because yeah now now, obviously but at first probably not yeah because their conversation just kind of ends abruptly because carol sees roadie and they both get horny again oh i love that though that was like the best possible way to handle all the nonsense from civil war i totally agree (laughs) like we're just gonna we're just gonna have them back and they're gonna talk and go to dinner and it'll be nice and we'll just pretend that that nonsense didn't happen yeah we'll just pretend that roadie never died and carol's not a fascist it's fine yeah we're good now we're good now yeah all is well um cool you got any other captain marvel thoughts no okay jess Alrighty. All right. Moving right along then we're uh, next going to be talking about friendly neighborhood Spider-Man number one written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Juan Cabal and colored by Nolan Woodward. And then there's a backup story by Taylor illustrated by Marcelo Ferreira uh, inked by Robert Pogge and then colored by Jim Campbell. Uh, So Nick, we'll start with you this time. What were your sort of initial thoughts on uh taylor's spider-man debut so when we first talked about this on the podcast i think um i just wasn't paying attention to like what the actual concept was and i was like oh whatever but because then after that episode i went back and i read like the description for what it was going to be and i was like this sounds like just the kind of comic that i want to read um and reading it it was (laughs) um yeah 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 like i said 
before, I like really grounded character-based stories. And this is totally doing that for Peter Parker. Um, yeah, it's I we read just the first issue of Nick Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and I feel like he set up a really good status quo that allows this sort of story to be told. And I think that's very cool uh, to see them expanding the line in a way that like feels natural. Um, because sometimes when you have a popular character, you'll just get a second book for no reason. Um, but this, it genuinely feels like this book has its very clear and specific direction. And that is a direction that is directly aimed at me. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I mean, Tom Taylor, we always say like, he's, he writes generally very fun stories. Um, he's a gem. Yeah. He's, he's very good with comedy and he's very good with, uh, getting down to like, the deeper emotions of characters. And I think my favorite thing in this issue was uh, just when Peter goes to like check on that one woman uh, with the apples and like giving her the apples that it's, that's just one of those really like ordinary meaningful moments that I love in fiction. Um, Yeah. And this whole issue is just all about him just being a friendly neighborhood guy. Yeah. I loved it. That that's that's exactly why I loved it too, honestly, because it it's not and and it's not that there's anything wrong with doing these big epic stories with Spider-Man, but I always liked Spider-Man because he always felt like a a, a hero. Maybe he couldn't exist, but just his his demeanor is real. He's he's a guy who genuinely wants to help people and and things don't always go his way and it's always kind of complicated for him and his life gets messed up for being a hero. And I I've always liked him just trying to do the right thing every day. And that doesn't necessarily always mean he's saving the entire world from some cosmic crazy being, you know? So him like trying to help out this, this, this lady is kind of awesome. And taking the app, the apples were my favorite part. Cause he just kept doing it. Like he just, he was like, whatever, I'll take them. It's fine. It's fine. I don't want to make this old lady mad at me. I love that. So yeah, this, this was like the perfect kind of Spider-Man story for me. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with, with what both of you are saying. I thought this, this book was, I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was really, really fun. Um, and I think you're right, Nick. I hadn't thought about that until, um, until you just said that, like the fact that, Spencer is now writing a Spider-Man book where Spider-Man is, is far more grounded. He's back in a neighborhood, uh, not being rich, you know, CEO man or whatever, uh, that you can do stories like this because he's, he's struggling to pay rent. He's, uh, back being a graduate student, all that stuff. He has, I mean, not that he didn't, necessarily have time not that he did not have time for like the regular joe or the regular person and slots run when he was being ceo stuff but now like that's his that's his complete focus again and so of course he would i think the i think the parts with the apples are was really really cool i think my favorite part of this issue was when he's um talking to uh the the homeless people who know his name and who um like want to buy him lunch because he always gives the money and like they, they know him or whatever Um, that like, even, even the people that nobody else makes time for, like Peter Parker makes time for and Spider-Man makes time for. And that's, I thought that was really, really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cause of course, like, of course. Yeah. And then the art, I want to point out, uh, something that Justin Beeson, he is a, a news writer at Multiversity, uh, pointed out, uh, on the first few pages, a lot of the perspective in the art is from the perspective of someone like on the ground looking up and I love that. I think that's super cool. And it, it fits, mm-hmm. Uh, just like the tone of the series, which is you're in the neighborhood and you see Spider-Man just swinging by doing his thing. I hadn't noticed that until just now. You're right. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah Cause the, um, yeah, the couple panels, like where it's the three, the page with the three vertical panels, I guess that's page mm-hmm. uh, seven or whatever. Like, yeah, it is people. There's people like looking up, taking pictures at like what's yeah. going on and things. So that is, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. And it's, it's like it allows you to see Spider-Man doing his uh, doing his whole like hero thing, but it's not hmm. in a super bombastic way. It's from a grounded perspective, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, that splash page at the beginning—that's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, especially like all the all the the panels from past comics, like detailed in the background, um, on like all the buildings. I think that's super, super pretty. Yeah. yeah. And I love, I love too, that it's not um, like even the beginning, uh, the like little summary part on the summary page is not the, the what's in like the other Spider-Man books of uh, like, it's, it's worded a little bit differently. And I love, like, I love that this is, uh, it's like, you know, you know, the origin of Spider-Man everybody in, in 2019 knows the origin of Spider-Man. Nobody has to, to tell me that, that uncle Ben got shot and that Peter's trying to live his life so that nobody else dies. Um, but like that page, like that splash page without saying, without saying anything about uncle Ben or anything, it's just the only, the only, uh, caption box on that page is, is Peter thinking I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and you just get everything in the background. Like you just get, like you get all of that statement and I just think it's, it's beautifully executed and, and also very pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like, cause uh, like the end of the end of Taylor's run on all new Wolverine, he was working with Cabal and, and Woodward. I was going to say, yeah, the, I think like, because they've all worked together before, you can always tell that with a creative team, you can just kind of see them in sync. And I think that's the case here. I don't know if that's just me, but Tom Taylor and Juan Cabal, or Juan Cabal Taylor, just on yeah. Spider-Man. Uh, no, Tom Taylor, Juan Cabal, and Nolan Woodward. Yeah, did the last year or whatever of All New Wolverine together. Oh, oh, All New Wolverine. I thought you said yeah. uh, Spider-Man for some reason. Oh, okay. Oh that's no, cool. no, no, Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I no, I totally agree with you, Jess. I think that they absolutely look like they're they're in sync. They both look like they have worked together before. Um, everything like flows super super well yeah it's just a it's a beautifully a beautifully drawn beautifully colored beautifully written issue so yeah yeah um what'd you guys think of the 10 page story at the back that's where i was about to turn next yeah (laughs) Um, i i don't know how i feel about it um it's interesting didn't may have cancer already before probably Yes. Didn't she like write leading up to, to one more day or something? Or am I making that up? I think she did. Okay. 
Brian um, May has been through everything, though. I mean, wasn't she true. dead at one point? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then she got de-aged, and now she's like sexy Aunt May, and good for stuff. her. Good for her. <laughs> having having sex with with Happy. Good for her. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, it the is story. Hmm? What were you gonna say? Oh, I just it is it is inter- like it is interesting the the May stuff. I think everything else in the story, where Spider Man's lecturing kids about bullying, I think is is gold. But yeah, I, I felt like I felt like the story itself was all filler. Like uh, editorial wanted Tom Taylor to do an extra twenty page or an extra ten page story at the end, and it feels like the entire thing is just built up to that twist at the end, which I like sort of figured it was going to be something like cancer uh, from the beginning based on the way that it worked. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I felt like it was just a story that didn't really need to be told in the way that it did. Uh, but it was told just because it needed to fill the 10 pages. Yeah. 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 I like, I, I like everything around it. Like Peter taking uh MJ up to the top of the Empire State Building in a Spider Woman outfit, all that yeah. stuff, and then him lecturing kids about bullying. Like that's all wonderful. Mm-hmm. May having cancer, no. and that and that being yeah, not wonderful. And that being the long term arc or um, thought or whatever of this book, also not not wonderful, or not like something that I guess that I like want to be around or need, like I would be fine if this, I would have been fine if this book had just ended with the, the main story. And we just got a book of a bunch of main stories, but of course there has to be some sort of underlying thing. And I think he, like in the April solicits that came out this week, there's a reference to may having cancer and all that stuff. So I think it's going to come back to the fore. Are these issues definitely going to be like one-offs every time or for the most part, like with, you know, some sort of thread running through them. I don't know. Let me, let me pull up the April solicits again real quick. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought it was announced as originally. Uh, and that made me really excited because I love one shots. <laughs> I love just being able to sit down read an issue and then like, you know, be done. Uh, my favorite current comic is probably giant days and pretty much every issue is structured like that where like you have, stuff going on throughout the entire series that is continuing, but each individual issue is just an episode and you don't need to, you know, there's not heavy continuity. Like if you're reading a six issue arc. Yeah. 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 No, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying that. And I think, so I think this, the first, um, five ish or four issues of this book are going to be this arc, this story, I think with Spider-Man and, and, and him rescuing this woman and being okay. neighborhood Spider-Man, whatever. And then issue issue five that got solicited this week. Um, it says a bomb drops on Peter's world. When Aunt May finally fesses up to Peter about what's happening. Don't miss this special issue. Oh, yeah. and it's being, being drawn by Yildre, Yildre Sonar and not, not a, not one cabal. Um, <laughs> Excited okay. to be depressed. I'm ready. Depression. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep reading the book just because yeah, I like yeah. this issue so much. But right. 
right? Yeah, I guess we'll see where it goes. <laughs> That's fair. Y'all got any more friendly neighborhood thoughts? Yeah. I feel like Mr. Rogers just then. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, well, moving on to our third book, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the new newly relaunched Black Widow comic written by the Sasuke sisters by Jen and Sylvia Sasuke illustrated by Flaviano and then colored by Veronica Gandini. Um, so Jess, I'm gonna let you take the lead because you're into the Sasuke sisters and you were really excited when this book was announced. What'd you think about Black Widow numero uno? Um, I liked the second half of the book. <laughs> Wasn't crazy about the first half. The second half of the book got into what I thought the book was going to be. Um, like so, the first half of the of the comic is like this whole thing on New Year's on New Year's Eve, right? And it's like there's like an imposter, Captain America, trying to blow up some party and everything, and it's weird. And like Black Widow's there, and like her and Captain America kind of have to fix this whole situation. And you know, he starts doing his Captain America thing where he doesn't want her killing anybody and blah blah blah. And her anger is kind of bubbling up because I guess he murdered her. In secret invasion or whatever, what was that? Yeah, he Glass, he killed right? her. He killed her in secret. So so Hydra Hydra Cap killed killed her in Secret Empire. Secret Empire. There we go. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then so in the and then in the the Tales of Suspense five issue thing that was Bucky and Hawkeye teaming up. Um, she was like kind of back, and they were trying to figure out where she was, and because because she had showed up in Infinity Countdown. And what ends up they what they end up realizing in that book is that because the red room is is a thing again, sort of in the tales of suspense book thing, and so they're making clones of Natasha, and so the, and that have all her memories. And I guess they make a clone of her that has all her memories that decides that wait a minute, I don't need to just merc all these people for the bad people. And so then they end up destroying the red room, and then she like disappears again. Um, and so it's like nobody knows she's alive because this is like not a real or not like the quote unquote real Natasha and it says that in like the summary thing at the beginning but um, this is like a clone of her that is her or that is the only her because comics <laughs> so like basically it's just her and they're probably never going to speak of it again after this yes probably yeah 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 <laughs> So yeah, she's she died again, I guess, and Captain America killed her, which I did not know. So yeah, <laughs> so so the whole first half is like them doing this, and then like the book gets interesting for me in the second half um, because Natasha's now really pissed off, and she's still really pissed off about getting murdered, which fair. Um, I would be pissed off. Yeah, I would probably be mad if somebody <laughs> killed me too. So, no, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's fair. So, she's got a lot of anger that she needs to work out. And so, she uh, decides to take all that anger to Madripoor where she can go murder people as much as she wants. And then, when she does that, uh, classic. classic, when she does that, she ends up uh, falling into this uh, area where there's a lot of prostitution and uh, she's going to help out some local girls and some kids that are being abused. And that's when it got interesting for me because when I had seen that the Sasuke sisters were doing this book, I was like, well, this is going to be violent as hell. This is going to be great. And 
And it's going to also probably have a little bit of a feminist leaning towards it. And so the second half of this book is exactly what I was looking for. So yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Like, I feel like I'm being directly targeted with this comic book, at least the second half. It almost lost me though. In the first half, I'll be honest. If I wasn't too into that, I was like, what the hell is this? Like (laughs) it's Natasha and Steve Rogers save new year's. I didn't sign up for this, but um, yeah. <laughs> um but, New Year. but yeah no i i really i really like the second half of the book and like that that got me more excited to read issue two than anything else i also was super into black widow's uh white suit wolverine look that was good that's his best look mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> patch. patch yeah i i liked it so so yeah i i don't know i guess first half of the book was kind of meh for me second half i did like Mm-hmm. yeah and again like maybe a level of like hey editorially we got to get from here to here because we haven't really explained any of the secret empire stuff and we don't really know any of the things that are going on with black widow so i guess if she confronts steve and says things to him then like we can move past that and now we she can mark people in Madripoor. so i but, i had sort of both the same and opposite reaction as Jess. Uh, The same because the first half, I was like, this isn't what I thought this was going to be. The second half, I was like, this is what I thought this was going to be. But I liked the first half and I didn't really like the second half. Um, Yeah, that was interesting. I So I thought that the entire book was going to be like the second half. And for that reason, I thought I just wouldn't like it because that's just not the type of story that I like. And I was right. Um... But then they threw that first half in there and I was like, I can dig this. <laughs> uh, mainly, I think, because of the art, but also because it's just a weird status quo. And I feel like you could do interesting things character wise with it. But then they basically just threw all that away so that they could tell the other story, um, which is fine. But yeah, it's mm. not not really my book. However, I did really like the art because uh, it's very different from what marvel usually has um mm-hmm. i i love <laughs> i think i've said this on the podcast before i really love when uh the sound effects are written into the panels um it just gives it a really interesting yeah i don't i don't know how to describe <laughs> why i like it but it just, it feels very only in a comic book um and that's nice. And it's a really organic way to put your sound effects in as opposed to like a, a letter adding them digitally after. Not that that's bad, but yeah, it, it feels nice to have it in there as part of the page composition. Um, I don't, I don't have much to say about the page compositions, but just the overall style of everything. Um, it works well in that it like it's fluid, but every panel also feels like it just feels like a drawing that like you would see someone post on Instagram, um, like an artist, and that's cool. <laughs> I don't I don't know like exactly what I mean by that, but that's just the feeling mm-hmm. that I'm getting here. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, what are the, so what are the things that you liked about the beginning, Nick, and that you didn't like about the end? Um, 
Oh, the, the fact that it was more uh, character based. I didn't. So the thing that I wasn't looking forward to with this book was the thing that Jess was looking forward to, which is Natasha just going on this adventure in wherever and uh, just marking people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's just not Let's the see. type of thing that I love reading about. Okay. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Just what do you think about Nick not liking reading about people marking other <laughs> women, marking other bad men? I mean, I, I really just like action films. I, I grew up watching a lot of action movies. Um, and so like, like stuff like John Wick, Atomic Blonde, like just recent stuff like that, that's extremely my jam. I, I love mm-hmm. that kind of hyper stylized action and just violence and things like that. I like those kinds of stories. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So doing that with, with her, it's like, it's good to me and it's good that it's like not misplaced anger in a bad way, which I guess doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's not like she's going around murdering people who don't deserve it. (laughs) So I'm like into that. It's like, it's like when you, it's like when you read this and you see what she's going to do, it's like the feeling you get when you watch law and order SVU and you're like, yeah, these kinds of horrible men never pay. But in this fictional universe, Olivia Benson is putting all of these people in jail and it's good. So it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was about to say, as usual, I fall somewhere in, in the middle, but I don't think that's necessarily a thing that we say on this podcast. Okay, Brian. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I, so I haven't read a lot of black widow comics. The only other black widow uh, stories really that I had read before this was the Chris Samney, Mark Wade, Matt Wilson uh, run. Yeah, um, I like that one. <laughs> had, had I, that said, you read that? Yeah. And what did you think about about it? I thought it was pretty good. I, I mean, okay. um, unfortunately, I was really into the uh, Nathan Edmondson run before I found out <laughs> that he was a garbage person. So right. that was awkward. <laughs> that was awkward. They prefer to be called uh, sanitation workers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That, that was unfortunate. I, was, I hate my gender. I was, super in, I was super into that book with Phil Noto on art. Then you know, oh, Phil Noto on then, art. you know, I had to uh, had to let that one go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I so I I feel like tonally like this is uh, at least like the the second half of the book is a lot different uh, than like the Chris Sampney, uh stuff, which I really 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 liked. Um, like I really, I really enjoyed that, that 12 issue story. Uh, cause you're, I think I, I hadn't put that together just until you were describing it as like this, the second part of this is just like a, yeah, it's just like a heavy, like a heavy violent action flick. Um, and that's cool. I think I didn't, I didn't like not, I didn't not like this book. It is, it is a lot more like gleefully, um, like kill E than I think that I thought, it might be, even though I shouldn't, I don't know why I thought that. I think because I was still thinking about the, like Chris Samney, Mark Wade Wilson run. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like the art. Like Nick said, like I think Flaviano, um, and, uh, and the colorist whose name, uh, 
Veronica Gandini. I think I think Gandini and, and Flaviano did like this is a wonderfully drawn book. It's kind of that Nick, like we talked about some last month with like X Force. It's kind of like that new the new that new image style or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was sort thinking of, like, it looks like early Francis Manipal. A little bit, a little bit. It looks kind of like like Cooter, like Aaron Cooter. Some um, that's what I that's who I thought of first when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but early Manipal, that yeah. Um, so I think it's I think it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I I thought and I thought like there were some parts that the dialogue was kind of like weird, like it felt weird, like the the moment when at the the end of the first part of the book when Steve's being all preachy and then. And then Natasha just walks off and she was like, and you killed me. Um, I thought that was like a weird, a weird moment. Um, and I, I thought the, like the, this other weird cap being uh, like fascist light was funny. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I, I think I have like mixed, mixed opinions on this book. I liked, I liked aspects of both parts of the story and I'm curious to, I guess, to see where it goes from here. Cause I think, I think one, I think like, uh, again, it's like with some of the other um, writers who have come from other mediums to come write things at Marvel. I think the Saska sisters are still kind of getting their, getting their legs under them. And I think some of the, uh, some of like the like clunky dialogue stuff will fix itself as the series goes on. Um, but they- and I could, I could, I could go with, with, natasha merkin bad dudes for a while i guess yeah they definitely have a better handle on how to make comics move than a lot of writers from other mediums what do you what do you mean by that um so i think a lot of uh, this is probably more common in prose writers but um a lot of writers who come from other mediums tend to uh honestly kind of like kelly thompson can sometimes uh write just too much too many words and have their uh have the scenes not really move from panel to panel so much as word balloon to word balloon um and it's it becomes less about the visuals i think that this book is a really nice mixture of the visuals and the writing both being short and both packing a punch in every panel that leads you from panel to panel so like on a very technical level, I think that they get comics very well. Okay. I think I see it. I think I see what you're saying. It's different than what you were saying about Rainbow Rowell when we were talking about some of her stuff where it was like the panels just serve the dialogue. Like there is there is movement here. Like there yes. are things happening in the panels outside of just people talking. Yeah, and the panels make you want to move from panel to panel. Whereas in Runaways right. with Rainbow Rowell, it was more just the panels existed on the same page together yeah okay okay um okay yeah well i thought this was a fun book i think i will definitely pick up the next issue i am excited to see more of this um yeah do either of y'all have any other any more any more black widow thoughts no nope nope Alrighty. uh well Moving on to our last book of the month, then we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, the newly relaunched Guardians of the Galaxy, written by Donnie Cates, 
illustrated by Jeff Shaw and then colored by Marte uh, Gracia. Uh, so this book picks up like pretty much immediately after the end of Jerry Duggan's run, uh, Jerry Duggan, Cooter, Aaron Cooter, and um, Mike Hawthorne's run, and all of the that led into Infinity Countdown, that led into Infinity Wars, uh, and what the galaxy has to do to pick themselves back up with the the death of Thanos and sort of like the dissolution of the guardians of the galaxy team. Um, and yeah. And I'm assuming that it also brings in stuff from the Kate Shaw, uh, Thanos and cosmic ghost rider. I haven't read a little, them, but I'm assuming that. Yeah. Yeah. So not so much the, <laughs> not so much the Thanos book. Cause that took place. Like when they took over the book, they kind of, I think they went to the future and did some stuff and, um, and then like Thanos did some stuff and then came back to the present. And I think like the one shot that they did, the Thanos legacy one shot that they did as part of infinity wars tied up the loose ends from that book for them. Um, it does pick up after some of the cosmic ghost Rider stuff because cosmic ghost Rider is in this universe or in like the present or whatever. Um, but it's that more, whole book, it, it's more like this just happened to happen after that stuff, as opposed to plot threads are being picked up from them. Yeah, so the only like the immediate plot thread that's being picked up is from Infinity Wars, okay. where like because Thanos dies at the beginning in the in the in the Infinity Wars Prime issue, because okay. Gamora cuts his head off. Classic. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patricide, classic. Um, yeah, I think that's really the only immediate thing. Uh, but I was going to ask both of you: Were you able to follow kind of at all? Even though, and I and I have I haven't finished infinity Infinity wars yet that's one of the things that i've been trying to catch up on but i have read about what happens like was this easy to follow having not read any of some of the stuff that's come before absolutely yeah 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 i mean i didn't care about it but yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair um so yeah so what did y'all think about about this book nick we'll we'll go to you first um what did you think about this first issue um as with most kate's and Shaw stuff uh it was very readable um I can see why people who like this are very into it. Um, but yeah, it's not like super my thing. That was a very loud text that I just got. Um, Ooh, who was that texting, texting you? It was, it was someone sending me something on Instagram. Probably a meme. Um, a dank meme. Dank meme. Well, now you have to share the meme. Well, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I'll look at it later. Um, in this, yeah, I actually, I really liked the storyline of everybody has to go like figure out who this new Thanos is. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of a race to figure out who, or for people to figure that out. I think that's a really fun concept to do. Um, but it also seems like that's going to be resolved next issue. So maybe it's not the actual theme of the book, but as for the actual guardians of the galaxy stuff, um, yeah, like I could take it or leave it. None of these characters really mean much to me. Um, so it doesn't really mean much for me to see them just being shuffled. Like this issue was basically just a shuffling of the card deck. I will say the uh, issue felt like it needed the 30 pages that it had, unlike a lot of recent debuts. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, had, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it really felt like just it did all the establishing work that it needed. It threw in some humor, it threw in some character stuff and it told one big story that really 
just had a clear beginning, middle, end, didn't feel like it lagged. Um, and that that could be on the part of Kate's for just being a good writer and making that work. Or it could just be um, the fact that it just worked out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jess, what did you... What did you think about this this new debut? Yeah, I, I guess I kind of feel I feel the same way. Like, I never got all that invested in like Marvel's cosmic stuff, and I really wasn't ever a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan. So it's like, yeah, the book was well crafted. Donny Cates is a really good writer. He is. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, it's just not really my thing. Um, I, I kind of only want to keep reading to find out who, you know. Thanos is taken over. <laughs> I kind of want to know mm-hmm. the answer to that, but um, I'm not really invested in a lot of it. I don't like Groot being able to talk like that. That's <laughs> weird to me. It's kind of been throwing me off. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's well drawn. It's it's well put together. It's it's a good comic book. It's just not really for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked what you said about Kate's like he's he's a really great writer on a technical level uh I just wish that I was more interested in the things that he wrote yeah Mm -hmm. interesting interesting yeah I have the exact opposite reaction I absolutely love this and I'm super excited about where it's gonna go next um Mm -hmm. so we we all agree like that it's it's a good book it just yeah yeah, we just have different levels of interest in it that's cool Mm -hmm. um yeah I uh like I haven't read a lot of, excuse me, a lot of uh, Marvel's like mid aughts cosmic stuff, which I guess is when when people point to. Well, no, that's not true. So I guess people talk about like the the Jim Starlin nine like nineties stuff, like all the in the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, and Infinity Crusade, all that stuff as one era, and then the like Dan Abnett, Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, um, who did all the art for all their stuff. Mm, not sure but also the 70s and 80s stuff that uh starlin did with captain marvel uh, and warlock right 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 so there's like so there's these eras um and and like i haven't read a lot of that but i always got i think i get the sense and and nick because you read a lot of the the 90s starlin stuff um this recently right well i read uh i read captain marvel and warlock which were both in the Mm -hmm. 70s and then i read um uh, Thanos quest and silver surfer that led into infinity gauntlet so that I could read infinity gauntlet. I think that like infinity gauntlet, I could tell like personally, I felt like the quality was sort of starting to dip and mm. yeah. So I stopped there because supposedly it only goes downhill from there. Okay. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, okay. Well, so, okay, so anyway, so, like, the thing that I, th- I think that people talk about when they talk about Marvel's cosmic stuff is that it's always the separate thing that's happening. Like, there's stuff happening on Earth with the Avengers and other people, and then there's these other things that are happening in space that are mostly separate from what's happening on on Earth. And and obviously, like, with Infinity Gauntlet um, and some of those other stories, like, they bring in some of those characters. But it's, they bring in some of those characters to serve the function of this other story that's happening here, not like the two stories are happening simultaneously. And I think with the rise of like the guardians of the galaxy in the last five years, since the movie came, God, it's been five fucking years since that movie came out. Um, uh, 
Marvel's had this like tendency to bring like when Bendis started his run, they put because they put Iron Man on the team. Uh, they had this tendency to try to bring those characters into like all the main stuff that was happening. Uh, and they've done that for the last few years to varying levels of success. Um, and I think this is the beginning of Kate saying, no, this, the story that's going to happen now is all these things that are happening in space. Like the stories that need to happen are the ones that are happening in space. And, and Duggan did some of the, I think Duggan did some of that too, but this thing feels really separate with all of these characters that, um, haven't been seen in some of these books for a while. And I just think it, I just think it's really, really fun. And I want to have read more Marvel com- cosmic stuff. Uh, and like, I think there being a, a Thanos body swap thing is cool. Although that's almost exactly the same story that Scott Snyder's telling with the Batman who laughs. So we're feeding this sort of cycle of, of people feeding off each other. Um, I think having this, this interesting team of, of beta ray bill and cosmic ghost rider and and phyla veil and 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 moon dragon with with quill and groot with starlet and groot um is really cool because like i don't think beta like i don't think beta ray bill's ever been on a guardians of the galaxy team so it's like there is a whole different group of people that have never been guardians before and that's cool i think this book had the perfect amount of like seriousness and humor like I, I laughed a ton at the end of the book when the cosmic ghost writer is like, you know, he's got the, like he's saying, I didn't sign up to be a member of the, of the dam. And then it switches to the title page of, <laughs> you know, guardians of the galaxy. Like I thought that was really well executed. There's a lot of things that I loved here. And this feels like Kate's has this big epic story planned and it's this big epic separate story from other things that are happening in the Marvel universe. And I think that's really, really fun. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with all of that. Hmm. And uh, Jeff Shaw, his art is, I think it's cool to see how it's evolved since uh, like God Country. Yeah. 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 It's, it's become a lot. I think a lot of that. Uh, so what we were talking about, the quality that Flaviano had um, and the artist of X-Force had, that is sort of like sort of the new hip style at image. Um, mm-hmm. I think Jeff Shaw is losing a lot of that. And yeah. he's not necessarily becoming more of a Marvel house style artist, but he's just evolving in a completely different way, which is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like, there's tendencies of the, that like that scratchy, that scratchiness and like more of the, what, what he was on God country, but there's also the, the tendencies and like the, um, and that might've, some of it might've had to do with, with uh, like Gracia who's coloring him. And I'll have to look real quick if Gracia's colored it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is some of that like Marvel house style stuff, like the, like Stefano Caselli, like uh, Valerio Schiti kind of, kind of art. And like some of the, some of the close up panels, it's less like, it's not scratchy at all. But then like when you zoom out, you can see the, like the, the scratchierness, I guess. Yeah, I just like that he's able to retain his own style, even though he's evolving into a different style that he had, or than what he had. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. Let me. Whoever colored this issue, those those colors are really nice. Yeah, they are. Uh, let's see who was. Oh yeah, it was it was Marte Garcia. It was, it was Gra- is Gracia, yeah. Oh, Gracia. Uh, okay. 
Uh, yeah, it's that's a cool way of depicting space. It's a lot of purple, which you wouldn't particularly expect. Yeah, yeah. It is really. I mean, I yeah. I just think it's. I think it's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, in addition to the purple, there's a lot of like yellow highlights to go against that. That's a really nice combination. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. so it looks like on on Thanos, Antonio, Fabula, Fabella, colored uh, Shaw. So different colors. Okay. Um, different colors here, and probably a different color. I don't know. If, who colored him on God Country? Um, but I would imagine uh, different, even a different color on colors on God Country. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that is all. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's that's all the thoughts that I have on Guardians. Same. Cool, cool. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I really, really enjoyed this. I'm excited for for more i'm excited for more big fun epic stuff um and, jason, and i'm excited jason wordy colored him on god of country mm-hmm. yeah so there you go <laughs> uh, there we go different so yeah so maybe um like maybe it's a different colors but i think i think too yeah i think he's definitely evolving in, in a good way um and that's exciting uh yeah, I'm, I'm super this out of the four that we talked about this was my favorite book of all of them so um but yeah cool. okay folks well that is the end of our january episode uh we'll be back at the end of next month with some more february thoughts uh all the news and all the fun reviews and things looking ahead uh at the books that marvel is launching in february we have the second conan book savage sword of conan we get the beginning of a new avengers weekly series with no road home uh, Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto are starting their Daredevil run, which I think that we're all pretty excited about. Uh, there's some more of their 80th anniversary one shots. Wolverine's going on the Infinity Watch, and the Age of X Man kicks into full swing. So we'll be back with all sorts of fun things. But until then, you can find all of us on Twitter. And at multiversitycomics.com. I am at KB Gregory 13. I am at N Paul Mary Wrights. I am at Jess Cam NJ. Sweet. And we will be back in a month for more Carvel. More Carvel? More Marvel. Carvel. Can we do a Comic- Carvel podcast? Like, let's talk- what is Carvel? What? what? Is- what? <laughs> you don't know what Carvel is? <laughs> Oh, what are we? Fudgy the whale? Did I cookie puss? Did I just ruin? <laughs> did I just ruin my? Did I just ruin my nerd cred or something? Did I like? Am I about to get shamed? No, I'm just surprised that Texas doesn't have one of the most popular ice cream chains in the country. Yeah, no, or at least where you no. lived. I lived in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but like Carvel, Carvel. Guess we had there. we had Brahms. Did y'all have Brahms? Do y'all have Brahms no. anywhere? No, no, <laughs> never mind. Cool. Cool. We had uh, had Baskin Robbins. Okay, not in Mineral Wells and other. Anyway, Baskin Robbins always always finds out. <laughs> Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins knows. Um, cool. Well, until February, remember Baskin Robbins knows, and they know where to find you. And so do the FBI. And we'll be back 
in February with more Marvel Carvel comics reviews, other things. Tweet at us, let us know uh, any questions, any whatever, and we will see you then. <laughs>